I don't want to preach from 1 Peter 5 this morning, but I'm about to throw his notes away. I always thought that was funny. Uh, in fact, the Lord's going to call you and use you. You start looking into those things, and you find an ordination service. Typically, there's a message to the pastor, his charge, charge the pastor. And typically, there's a message to the congregation. Now, every congregation of the Lord's assemblies have one pastor. There's not sub-pastors and associate pastors and all that nonsense. There's one. And there's a body of believers. And almost always, go look that up if you ever get, get that, the number of downloads are twice as much for a charge of the pastor as it is to the... I'm glad you listened to that. Thank you, Bob. That's a good example. Uh, Paul said that, he said, to the elders which are among you I exhort, whom am also an elder. Paul said, I'm a preacher just like, he's writing to all the preachers. He said, I'm a preacher just like you're a preacher. Or Peter said that. Hey, you're an apostle. Ah, it's just one man talking to another one. <laughs> that might be the office the Lord put me in to do something. I just want to be one, one sinner speaking to another sinner and, and telling you what the Lord showed me. And then at the end of it, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. That's, that's, a, that's a good way to write a letter in them. In humility. Well, Genesis 25. Lord's going to hopefully be with us today. Lord will, and next weekend will be the first Sunday. We'll have his table. <laughs> and uh, we'll have a meal following. And if I can find a turkey between now and then, I'll smoke as a turkey. And if not, I'll smoke two or three chickens. It'll be just as good. We won't tell the difference. We'll observe his table. One of the brethren back in the 50s was traveling to preach. They had a man preach for him. I thought that was odd. And they observed communion after. And they didn't let that man take the communion. They said, no, this is our communion. He said, oh, okay, no problem. And afterwards they said, we hope we didn't offend you. He said, oh, no, no. He said, I thought it was the Lord's table. I didn't know it was yours. <laughs> so we observe his table in remembrance of him. All right, Genesis 26. We'll begin in verse 1. And there was a famine in the land beside, or the same, after the same manner, the first famine that was in the days of Abraham, just like the one he went through. And I went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. That's a standalone sentence, isn't it? Verse 2. And the Lord appeared unto him, unto Isaac, and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land. This land right here. And I'll be with thee and will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries. And I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and will give unto thy seed all these countries, and in thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed, because that Abraham obeyed my voice, and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. There's so much here for our learning, so much for our benefit, so much to rejoice over. I mean, be happy. Happy, happy, happy about it. So much to rejoice over. But I want us just to look at a few things this morning. The Lord sent a trial. 
is a trial he sent. And then he gives a warning to his child. Gives a warning to him. And then he gives them instruction after that warning that we need desperately. And we need often. We need often. Then there's the promise that he makes. He makes a promise. He sends a trial, gives a warning, gives instruction. He makes a promise. And then he tells us the reason we can lean on his promise. That's a whole lot in five verses, isn't it? First, the trial. It says in verse 1, there was a famine in the land. It was the same as that famine that was in the days of Abraham. It was the same, same thing Abraham lived through. That was the only time that's ever happening up to this point in recorded history. Did you know that? Do you think Abraham shared that with his son Isaac? They, one didn't go in one room and watch TV, another went in the other room and play video games. <laughs> they didn't have internet and stuff. They had time to talk. And they said, yeah, that was a time, son. And Abraham shared his faults. I made a poor decision. I went south. I went down to Egypt. It seemed to fare well, but it was bad. It was real bad. Lot, your uncle, remember him? He went with us, and they got a taste of that life down in Egypt. And when we come back, the Lord brought us back out of there. They couldn't let that go. They needed some more of it. They needed to be in Sodom, didn't they? But there was a famine again come. In Isaac's day, here comes a second famine, recorded history. What's a famine? In the Lord's word, throughout the scriptures, it's God's judgment against sin. Every time he sends a famine where people don't eat, there ain't enough food to go around, it's because of sin. It's against rebellion. It's against, that famine is, is opposing the hatred, and it goes in the same bucket, hand in hand. The hatred and the indifference towards the true and living God. That's so. We haven't seen that in this nation in a long time, have we? Long time. We kind of seem to be immune to these things. It's like we're sheltered against physical famine. Well, what's physical famine? It's a lack of rain. Rain don't come. Crops don't grow. People go hungry. That ain't complicated, is it? Where's rain come from? Heavens. Who lives there? Our God does. And he sends the rain. He dries up his water supply, don't he? He doesn't let the rain fall. Turn over to Jeremiah chapter 5. Jeremiah chapter 5. Here in Jeremiah 5. Verse 19 says, And it shall come to pass when ye shall say, Wherefore doeth the Lord our God all these things unto us? And then shalt thou answer them, Like as ye have forsaken me and served strange God in your land, so shall ye serve strangers in a land that's not yours. Declare this to the house of Jacob and publish it in Judah, saying, Hear now this, O foolish people, and without understanding, which have eyes and see not, which have ears and hear not. He's telling his prophet what to speak to him. Like, I told you. You got ears. Didn't you hear a word I said? You got eyes. You've read the word of the Lord. 
Fear ye not me, saith the Lord? Don't you honor me? Will ye not tremble at my presence, which I have placed the sand of the bounds of the sea by perpetual decree, <laughs> that it cannot pass it? Why, how, what holds the sea back is always saying, isn't it? What keeps uh, tsunamis? Why aren't there more of those? The Lord controls it. The Lord holds it back. We ought to fear this one. This God of heaven and earth and creation and the universe and things seen and things unseen and dominions and principalities and powers. We ought to fear Him and honor Him. Second part of verse 22. And though the waves thereof toss themselves, they cannot prevail. Though they roar, they cannot pass over it. But this people hath a revolting and a rebellious heart. They are revolted and gone. They left it. Neither say they in their heart, let us now fear the Lord our God that giveth rain. Where does that rain come from that causes these famines? When it stops, the Lord gives the rain. He giveth rain, both the former and the latter, in His season, when it pleases Him. He reserveth unto us the appointed weeks of harvest. He sets the time of harvest. He makes things grow. He gives the rain. We're in a physical drought right now, right where we are. We need nine inches. We can measure it. I grew up, you measured the rain in inches by how many inches per hour. And here we measure it by how many inches you get a year. <laughs> but we get nine inches a year. And we only got six last year. It's all over. Hoover Dam's getting low. And, and people are oblivious. Like, yeah, it's almost Deadpool. Well, what happens then? Well, you don't have water and ain't no electricity. Hmm? Meh. Meh. So say the Lord's providence. How many people do you think crying out to God. Lord, we've betrayed you. We're nothing but sin. We deserve to starve to death, but send us rain. Send us rain. Will you make it rain? Somebody's complained about the drought one time, and I forget in normal life and speak as I am on the inside. And I said, well, have you asked the Lord for it to rain? <laughs> it's a shock. That's so foreign in this day, as in the days of Lot, as in the days of Noah. Isn't it? If we ask him, he gives the rain. A famine might be on its way here in our nation. We've been sheltered from these types of trials. But I wonder if he was to send one. If he did send a physical famine and people's little babies are dying left and right. And precious children we have and neighbors and they started keeling over dead. Maybe with that trial, it seems so hoarse. God couldn't have done this. God's the one that does everything. Maybe people cry out. And they'd ask the Lord to end the famine. To wet our lips. <laughs> It's your food, Lord. Give us something to eat physically, right? You can read on in Jeremiah 14 and many other places speak of famine. But God's trials and judgments and those famines are always because of sin and unbelief and rebellion. That needs said in this day. We're so accepting as a society and it's pumped into people and ever waking breath. Be accepting, be accepting and, and we know better. God will punish sin. You got eyes, don't you see it? You got ears, don't you hear it? All the things we're told in school that may be accepting of, if it's against God's word, he's going to deal with it. I've told you. So I can go sit and eat a ham sandwich what time, <laughs> what time judgment takes place. But this is not just a physical famine. The Lord uses trials in our lives to make us cry out to him, to bring his children in providence, to sit underneath the sound of the gospel, to, to be jointly framed together and squeezed, compacted together with His people. He does that through providence, but He's talking about a spiritual family. 
Spiritual famine is what we need to be worried about. That's what we're in right now more so than that. You just starve to death if it quits raining. That ain't, that ain't that big a deal. He's a giver of life. We're in a spiritual famine in this nation. Turn over to Amos chapter 8. There in the minor prophets after Daniel and Hosea, Joel, we got Amos. Amos chapter 8. Amos 8 verse 11 says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread. It's going to be that your harvest ain't going to come through, nor a thirst for water. It's not just I'm going to not send the rains, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Right up. It's coming. That, that island nation that ruled most of this world in England. For a long time. Great powerful nation. The word of the Lord was so strong for a couple hundred years in that, on that island. Oh man. It was prevalent. It was prevalent. It was bountiful. Not now. Not now. How many millions of people live on that island? There's, there's three men I know of preaching the gospel and two of them's online. They don't even meet together. The Lord's drying it up. Drying it up. There's a famine for the word. Verse 12 says, And they shall wander from sea to sea, from north even to the east, and they shall run to and fro and seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. There was a day, seek him while he may be found. Today is the salvation of the Lord. Well, that day's past. There was a day that Noah preached righteousness to his generation, and there was a day that that door shut. And, and you can cry for the rocks and the mountains to fall on you. Too late then, wasn't it? Verse 13, and that day the fair virgins and the young men. What's that? Mortal. The moral folks. Clean living folks. And the young men, the strong. Those are the moral. Those are strong. The rich young rulers shall faint for thirst. Faint for the word of the Lord. They that swear by the sin of Samaria and say, Thy God, O Dan, liveth. They agree with the gospel. Lip service. You know what the manner of Bersheba liveth, even they shall fall, fall and never rise up again. You know what that makes me do? Me, standing here talking to you. Lord, don't let me have lip service to you. Give me a heart that cries out to you. Make me yours. Make me follow you. Keep me. You be my shepherd and I'll be a dumb sheep. <laughs> Keep me. Lord. I don't want to do without you. Give the rain. You give the harvest. I want to be with you. Just like David, I want to dwell in your house. Every time I do two messages in a row, they start just bleeding together, don't they? It's a gospel. It's the same. Ain't nothing changed. God's people is the same way. Mm. And God's people experience spiritual famine. The Lord's people. I ain't talking about everybody. I've never experienced that. Well, maybe I ain't talking about you. I'm talking about God's people. The Lord's people. His sheep. They experience spiritual famine. They go through dry spells. And they go through lean times. And the Lord's hid His face from you. And you can't get a word from Him. And you just feel so dry that you're about to fall over dead. You're about to faint. He's not giving you a word. You're dry and thirsty. That's what the Lord's people experience is in seasons. They do. Famines are real. Physically and spiritually, ain't they? <laughs> this ain't an idea in a book somewhere. Uh, whether you think so or not, this is real. Abraham had a famine. Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, 
So I ended up in Egypt, wasn't I? Elijah and that Gentile widow, Lord chose to save. Uh, Naomi and Ruth. That's why they left the house of bread because of a famine went down to Moab. It's always down, isn't it? Spiritual famine's real too. David said, the Lord's hid his face from me. He saw, Lord, he said, are your mercies clean, gone forever? He's in a famine. What'd he do in a famine? Cried out to God. (laughs) He didn't kick rocks and get mad and be mean to everybody, did he? And I'll tell you something else too. The most dangerous time in a drought, the most dangerous time in a famine is when you think you're not in one. Well, I'm not thirsty. I'm not hungry. That's like the most dangerous time in hypothermia is right when you start getting warm. I had hypothermia at time. I said, well, I'm getting kind of warm. I ain't shaking no more. I feel kind of nice. I'm getting kind of hot. I'm sleepy. I think I'm going to take a nap. I was dying is what I was doing. As soon as we think we're not in one, oh boy, that's the most dangerous time. And our text says, There was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham, and Isaac went into Abimelech, king of the Philistines, to Gerar. Well, that's odd. Is he just giving us context? Do we need to know who was present? I think the Lord put that there on purpose, didn't he? Of course he did. That's a good place to be during a trial or during a joyous time. It don't make a difference with brethren. With brethren. We've been to Abimelech a few times, ain't we? The Lord spoke to Abimelech. So don't you touch Abraham, and don't you touch Sarah. And so he went to him, and he reconciled, gave his wife back. And the Lord didn't say nothing about being generous and giving a whole bunch of silver and camels and all this stuff to Abraham. Abimelech had a generous heart because the Lord had been gracious to him. Here, I'll give as I've been increased. You stay as long as you want. A couple years later, he saw him all the trials that Abraham went through, day-to-day stuff. Not big stuff, just, just he don't miss service and... That man believes God, and, and he says so, and the things he says. Have you, he asked me if I asked the Lord if it rained. <laughs> I heard him talking about that. And then the Lord spoke to him and said, Cast out Ishmael after Isaac came. And Abimelech went to him and he said, You're God's man. You're God's man. You're one of the Lord's people. I know it. I've been around you for years, for years, and I know it. A faithful brother Abimelech, wasn't it? Forgiving and gracious. About to be forgiven and gracious next week to Isaac too. <laughs> I guess problem sin runs in the family. It's hereditary. We get it from our father Adam, don't we? But he went to Abimelech. Abraham went to Egypt during that famine when it first hit him, and I'm sure he told the story to Isaac. And so Isaac also heard of this king Abimelech that God spoke to, that was gracious and abundant to Abraham, that knew Abraham walked with God and he was the Lord's man. He hadn't seen him since he was a boy, and he said, "You know what? Abimelech's down there. I'm gonna go to him." There's a believer down there. I'm going to gather with them. So Isaac went to where he knew believers was. That's good. It's good to talk to faithful brethren before reacting to a major trial. Do you know that? Before you move out of the country, talk to your brethren. <laughs> Be good for you when, it, when the trials come. Well, the famine's a trial. Isaac wasn't alone by God's mercy. He had a brother there with him. Now is the warning. Back in our text, Genesis 26. Verse 1 says, There was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. 
Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Egypt's a picture of this present evil world, as our Lord said. It's always a picture of worldly lust. Worldly, and, and Egypt was advanced in that time. Oh, they were the, the culture and they were uh, advanced ideas and thinking and accepting of, of other people and uh, technology and they had all kinds of wonderful stuff, didn't they? Business was booming, just like Moab. Uh, they went down to Noah, Naomi and her husband went down to Moab because business was booming in Moab. It was in Egypt and just like this present world. Boy, there's a lot of stuff going on, ain't there? So much to do. So much to, to keep our time busy and occupy us. And that's Egypt. Turn over to Isaiah 30. These warnings are hard, I know, but the Lord gives us lots of warnings. And we need them. I told Isaac, said, don't go down to Egypt. Here in Isaiah 30, The heading in my Bible was, Do not go down to Egypt. <laughs> That's what was written in there. Same thing in Isaiah 30, verse 1. Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me. Y'all made your confederacies? Did you get together and come up with a good plan? Or did you go to the Lord and ask him what he had to say? Ask somebody that says, Thus saith the Lord. They took counsel, but not of me, and that covereth, cover with a covering, but not of my spirit. That they may add sin to sin. They walk to go down into Egypt. It's always down. Isn't it? Leave God's holy Mount Zion and go down to the world. We leave here. We hear, hear Christ, Him, his, Him crucified, the love that He's had for His people, the blood, the value of it, the holy blood that was shed for His people. And then we walk out the door. And we're going down into Egypt. <laughs> like this sin-cursed world. They walk that walk walk to go down into Egypt and have not asked at my mouth to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. It's a shadow. That's all they're trusting in. It's emptiness. There ain't nothing there. It's a shadow. Therefore shall the strength of Pharaoh be your shame and the trust in the shadow of Egypt be your confusion. For his princes were at Zoan and his ambassadors came to Hanes. They were all of a people that could not profit them nor be in help nor profit but a shame and also a reproach speaking of Israel isn't it? those that went down there lots of warnings in the scriptures and they're needed we might not want to read them Hosea is hard to read first few chapters precious and wonderful oh it's great and then you like kind of jump to the end don't we? <laughs> see him healing our backsliding a lot of warning a lot of Lord's judgment in there but we need it we not, not, might not like to read them, and our childlike tendency is to avoid chastening. Our childlike tendency is to avoid the warning of our Father. But they're greatly needed. Don't turn to this world for spiritual rest. Don't turn to the things of this world and the people of this world, even if they're in your own house, for spiritual peace, for guidance, for instruction. Ask at the Lord's mouth. Lord, give us your word. Well, here you go. <laughs> I may not like it, that's what it says, and it's true. It's for my good and His glory, isn't it? Mm. Ask Him for a word. Mankind will end up ashamed in the realm of Egypt. He said, you're going to be their shame. 
They were all ashamed people. And they weren't no prophet. And they're going to do you no good. And you're going to be ashamed. And you're going to be confused. That's what he just said. But he's not the author of confusion, is, is he? The Lord's not the author of confusion. Man is. And if we trust in Christ, lean on our Lord, we won't be ashamed. Paul said, For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. It's true. Many times I've amened that. Have you? Amen. And then I'd turn and directly and immediately disobey God's simple word. I said, his, his warnings are true. His instructions perfect and holy. Amen. And then I walk out the door. I go down to Egypt. I happen to go up a hill to get to my house. <laughs> I'm going down up the hill. I'm falling uphill and, and directly disobey it. Just throw it to the side because I know better. What a fool I am. Back to our text. The Lord gives us warning. He gave, sent a trial so we'd heed his warning. He gives the warning and gives instruction. I just imagine Isaac's passive in all this. Isaac ain't said a word. You get that? That's a good place to be. We looked at that last house. Sit down and shut up. <laughs> Hear what God has to say. Lord came to him. He didn't go to the Lord. Lord came to him, met him where he was, and spoke to him. And he said, don't you go down to Egypt. Why did he say that? Because what was in his heart? Egypt. What not? I know daddy went, but he did make a lot of money. A lot easier to cry on a Porsche than a bicycle, isn't it? Maybe I'll go down to Egypt just for a little bit. Just two or three, because that's how it starts, isn't it? Well, we'll do it just a little bit. We'll go for a, a little while. I'll miss one or two services. A little bit of leaven, isn't it? It was in his heart, so the Lord spoke to him and said, don't go down to Egypt. He believed God. This is a, this is Lord's man. What would you think? Well, where am I supposed to go? <laughs> what am I supposed to do, Lord? Where am I supposed to go? Where am I supposed to go? Where do you want me? He says in verse 3, Sojourn in this land. Sojourn in this land. And I will be with thee and will bless thee. Right here. Right where you're standing. Isaac, where, you are, where am I supposed to go? Right there. Right where you stand. Stay right where you are. Right where I've put you. Right where I've sent this trial to bring you to your brother Abimelech. You got a brother with you. Y'all worship God. <laughs> I've gathered you two. Maybe there's 7,000 in that town. I don't know. He gathered him. He put him there. He said, stay right there where your brethren are, where God's word is heard. God's speaking to him right then, isn't he? There in verse 2. The end of it. He said, Go not down to Egypt, dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of, sojourn in this land. Well, which is it? He said, You're going to dwell in a land I'm going to tell you about. You ain't going to be in it. You're going to have to hear. <laughs> you have to hear about it until you get there. But that's your eternal home. He said, Don't go down to Egypt. I'm preaching to you. This is your eternal life. You're going to dwell with me. I'm going to tell you about that. Now, for the time being, Sojourn in this land while I preach to you, while I speak to you, while I teach you, while I guide you, while I preserve you, while I keep you. Show you Christ. <laughs> Show you what he's went to prepare for you. Stay right where you are. Stay right there while I tell you about this other land. Where is Isaac? He's standing in Gerar, isn't he? I ain't much into word studies. I'm more into preaching the gospel. If the Lord saved by word studies, I'd do a whole bunch of word studying. 
but he don't say it that way. But it's good to look things up sometimes, and I got the time time to do it. You know what Gerar is? Judah. Standing in the promised land. <laughs> right now. Believer, where are you right now? You're in Christ. You're in the promised land. In Him. And He in you right now. Well, if I'm one with Him, it don't matter where I am. Ask me preaching here, or I got to learn some foreign language and go somewhere else and preach, or go learn a foreign language and sit and hear the Word of God because there's a famine in this land. So be it. I'm with Him, and I'm going to be where His people are because they're with Him too. Makes me content, gives me joy and peace. I'm happy with that. Right there in Gerar, right where the Lord has him. And He tells us, Don't you leave the assembly of the saints, as the custom of some is. Where are we right now? We're on promised ground. This is the only place. This is the only place God promised to meet His people. The only way He promised... I'm going to speak real plain to you. The only way God promised to save His people is through the preaching of the gospel. Now, you can think it's some other way, and it ain't. He said it would be through the preaching of the gospel. What about John the Baptist in the womb? Well, the Lord's the preacher. He can preach to him if He wants to. It's His business. And Christ is a man. A God-man. The only way he's going to do it is the preaching of the gospel. The only way. And he said the place he's promised to meet with us is where he's gathered us together. And just like the child for the instruction in our day, it just ain't the same. Uh, this online stuff, and I, I tell you, it's a, it's a sore. We're going to put, we'll put it out there as we can, but the Lord draws his people together, not casts them out. Sheep need to have, read an article by Brother Rick. That's outstanding. I put it in all the bulletins. Sheep are afraid to be alone. Sheep are. Goats don't care. We had goats. They'd go in which way. <laughs> Sheep are afraid to be alone. And just like the little children. How did the Lord save young people before they had crayons? <gasps> they couldn't cover. Well, how in the world are they going to learn? He said, you're going to do the Passover as a token. That Passover ain't going to do nothing. It's not, it doesn't give grace. It's not the, uh, you do this and something happens. He says, a token. And your kids said, Daddy, why are you doing that? I'll tell you, son, we deserve to die. God gave his firstborn, and when he sees the blood, he'll pass over us. Gives us that as a purpose, isn't it? Hmm. Isaac's hearing the word of the Lord right then. God promised to meet him where he gathered three. He didn't promise to meet us where great, great weather was or a good job or a good economy or Wi-Fi or something like that. He said, I'll meet with you where I gather two or three. And Isaac's hearing the word of the Lord. And we're just like little children. As the Lord speaks to us, as He warns us, as He instructs us, as He gives us His precious promises, we murmur and fret and say, well, I just don't feel like the Lord's speaking to me. <laughs> I do that. I do that. And He says, keep doing what I put in your hand to do. Wait. That's what David's in Psalm 27 with wait. Be of good courage. Wait on the Lord. Just wait on Him. Well, what am I going to do while I'm waiting? Well, you're going to wait with your brethren who's waiting. We're going to wait while we're waiting. That's a good place to be, you know. We're waiting on Him. And he, we have His Word with Him. How will I know when it's time to go somewhere else, Lord? Well, the Lord sent a famine to bring Isaac there to Gerar, to Judah. And He sent a out to move Elijah to that widow. And He, he parted the seas to allow Israel to walk through to the other side 
on dry ground. I think he can move, this great shepherd can move sheep in this day. You think he can? He'll put you right where he wants you. That's the trial and the warning. We need those things. Here's the promise. Verse 3, sojourn in this land and I will be with thee and will bless thee. How we know we're going to be blessed? Well, if he's with us, if he's with us. Sojourn where I brought you, where I gave you brethren, and I'll be there with you, and I'll bless you. Stay right there, Isaac. Our Lord said in Matthew 18, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on this earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatso ye shall loose on this earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on this earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them by my Father which is in heaven. Two y'all agree. How can two walk together if they're not in agreement? For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. There I am. What are those two, Isaac and Abimelech? What are they going to do during this famine? They're in agreement, aren't they? During this famine that comes, are they going to discuss global events? Are they going to sit around and and talk about home remedies, good cures and stuff. They're going to talk about sports and politics. Is that going to be the main point of discussion that they're in agreement with? Well, yes, yeah, some. We live in this world. And that's a beautiful thing to have believers, uh, brethren in this world. We're human. <laughs> we have old, old natures. We have new ones too. And so you talk about, man, look what the Lord's done to us. I'm a wretch. He's so gracious and, and plentiful and He gave me this job. Oh, did I ever tell you that story about this guy, that job? And you talk about that for a while and then it kind of just bleeds back into, it's just fluid. It's not rigid and cold and legal and ugh. I hate that. It gives me goosebumps. It's smooth and fluid, isn't it? There's things in this world we talk about we're in this world. What brand of truck you drive or whatever. We talk about those things. But our thoughts and our hearts are stirred up. We don't seek counsel from this world. We seek counsel from, from the Lord's Word. And we seek things above, don't we? That's the intent. That's the intent. The Lord said, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always until the end of the world. How long is he with us? Always. How long is that? Till this world's over, we'll be with him. Pretty good, isn't it? Pretty good. He says, Sojourn in this land, I will be with thee, and I will bless thee. What better promise could we have? The Lord's going to be with us, and we ain't going to come into judgment. We ain't going to come into condemnation. He's going to bless us. He's going to be with us, and He's going to bless us. Now, you, you go take five years, meet me back here in five years, and you come up, the hardest you come up with one thing that's better than that. <laughs> you ain't going to find nothing. His presence and His blessing. And where He is, He is there in totality. What bad thing could happen to me right now? Nothing. If the Lord's with us, it may look bad, it may feel bad, it may be uncomfortable and unpleasant and I just don't like that. Well, you don't have to like it. It's for your good and He's going to be glorified in it. Amen. Somebody says, you won the lottery. I'll say amen. Praise the Lord. 
They said, you lost everything you own. All your children's dead. All your crops failed. You're covered in boils just like Job. And your wife looked at you and said, why don't you curse God and die? Amen. Though he slay me, I'll trust him. I should, shouldn't I? Oh, that I could. Oh, like for my sake, me being selfish, for my sake that I could be that way and for your sakes, for my brethren's sake. That's why it's knit us together. When one's strong, the other one's weak. And I say, I ain't going to make it. I say, what's wrong with you? The Lord said this. Was he lying? Well, no, he ain't lying. And I get, start getting strong again, don't I? And my weakness, and then that one starts falling. And I say, oh, what am I going to do? I can't get out of bed today. Why? It's his day. Lord gave us day. What's wrong with you? Get out of bed. You'll be fine. Oh, you're right. We just teeter-totter, don't we? Ebbs and flows. He said, Lord, I'm with you all the way into the end of the world. Tells Isaac here, sojourn in this land, I'll be with you and I'll bless you. Why is this promise sure? I don't want to be ashamed. Do you want to be ashamed? Do you like being publicly shamed? Lord talked about them people he's going to laugh at. Do you like being laughed at? I don't like being laughed at. I don't like being ashamed. Well, how do I know I can put all my eggs in this one basket? man told me one time, he said, you're putting all your eggs in one basket. I said, it's a good basket. <laughs> Best basket there is. How can I know for sure? How can you know for sure? Sojourn this land, and I will be with thee. I will bless thee for unto thee and unto thy seed. Is that seed as of many or seed as of one? Unto one seed, unto Christ. Unto you and unto Christ. I will give all these countries and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. I made a promise to God. Your promise don't mean squat. You can't promise nothing. You'd sell your soul for a bowl of lentils if you had a chance. He said, I swear an oath. I promise this to your father Abraham. I will make thy seed, singular, to multiply as the stars of the heaven and will give unto thy seed all these countries and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Now it says he spoke to him. He was there with Abimelech. Was the Lord speaking to Isaac or Abimelech? Now Christ is going to come through Isaac, right? The physical seed is going to come through Isaac. But if he said all these things to Isaac, ain't this true to Abimelech if Abimelech's the Lord's? Ain't he blessed with him? Ain't he there with him? What about you? What about me? It's true to us too, isn't it? Those that are one with Christ, it's true to us. Why? Why is it true to all of us? Verse 5, because that Abraham... The one that gave you life, the one, the one that you're from, Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge and my commandments and my statutes and my laws. What laws were there? Uh, I ain't come around yet. Four or five hundred years before that happens, don't we? You think he's talking about Abraham? <laughs> I'm going to do all this because Christ, the everlasting Father, has kept everything for you. And I'm going to be there. And I ain't going to leave you. And I'm going to bless you. Because you're mine. I bought you with price. And I loved you. At one point in that, if, if the Lord will give us, I mean, if He'd give somebody life, if He'd give them new life and let them see that. And we see, oh man, I'm in the graciousness of our God. And heed His warnings. Don't go to, I will. But I don't want to. There's a war inside of me. If we could see all that at one time during any of that, did you think about crops failing? 
Did you think about it? It ain't rained. And how many days has it been since it's rained? I don't know. I don't know. God's on His throne. It'll rain when He sees fit. And if I'm thirsty, I'll just be thirsty. I'll get over it. It ain't going to hurt me too bad. You might shut me up. Make me listen more. I'll praise with us. Father, thank You for this hour. Lord, thank You for Your Word and Your faithfulness. The faithfulness of Christ. The author and finisher of our faith. Lord, we believe, but help our unbelief. Make it rain here, Lord, as you see fit, as it glorifies your name, as it's good for your people, Lord, as you're pleased. Send the rain. Keep us fed physically in these bodies, but uh, more important, Lord, in our hearts and souls, don't dry up your brook. We're a thirsty people. We desire sensual milk of the word, Christ and him crucified. He's revealed to us and we desire him. One thing we desire is to dwell with him, be with him, and he's promised to be with us. Allow us to rest in the promises of our covenant God and be thankful. Be with those that you've sent famine to, Lord, in long spells of dryness. Make them cry out to you Beg for a word from your mouth. Thank you for this day. Forgive us for our trespasses, our sins, our iniquities, and our eyes that are set on this Egypt. And turn us to Christ. It's in his name that we ask it. Amen. I get real eager to go sit down. Mike ain't here.